Hello and welcome to episode four of Poddy Training Podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in. We hope you've enjoyed our previous episodes so far. My name is Lloyd Hollett. And I'm John Griffiths. How are you, Lloyd? I'm good, my friend. What a week it's been in lockdown and we're still alive, still alive, mate. Still sharing the, the spread of happiness to each and every one. The spread of happiness rather than the spread of corona. Yes. Um, which, you know, is, is important. But yeah, the weather's turned, um, which is a shame because it was so nice, wasn't it, a few days ago? And now it's a, a bit rainy and stuff. But, I'm, um, I'm very thankful because my garden is enjoying it. That is, that is such a grown up thing to say. We're getting, it? getting old, man. Getting old. We start oh, worrying about you. Do with the rain. <laughs> how's um How's the little one been this week? Has she been well? Little bundle of joy. No, she's been really well since we banned Peppa Pig. I've noticed a big change. <laughs> she's been much happier and more content. Um, she's been saying new things like, "What's that noise?" Like. What's that noise? Like she's got one of those Furbies in her in her bedroom, and it went off earlier. And she was like, "Daddy, what's that noise?" It's kind of adorable that she she thinks to say, "Daddy." pause she's kind of asks with a question mark and then asks the question what's that noise putting sentences together this like yeah see we're not there with logan yet he's still very so we're trying to sort of get that connection so you know red bus or blue car but he's just not there yet but um i'll tell you one thing my proud moment of this week i bloody taught him to go um i go boom 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 let me hear you say way oh and he goes way (laughs) oh So, oh, um, that's you know, your daughter might be stringing sentences together and getting ready for her English GCSE, but uh, my son knows the out here, brothers. So there you go. But yeah, look, I've been looking forward to this because obviously last episode was about Logan's birth. Um, I won't lie to you, mate. It took me a good 24 hours to sort of, and I don't want to use the word recover, but... I felt very strange the next day. Um, just Not felt surprised. a bit emotional. Just felt a bit emotional. I said to Lauren, "I feel a bit wobbly," um, which she understands, and we, we we've talked about that in the past. And I'm I'm generally a very very positive, annoyingly positive person, but when I do feel wobbly, it hits me. And I think it was just going over that and and bringing it all back up. So it all came back to you. Yeah, but um, but but one wonderful experience. And today we're talking it all about Otley's birth. How are you feeling about it? Have you have you been preparing? Preparing for the birth, I packed the bag, uh, filled the car up with petrol, ready to go to maternity suite at QEQM in Margate to relive the uh, moment step by step. (laughs) Well, I hope you haven't been going to hospital, mate, because now you might have to self-isolate. So let's go right back to that moment. I'm going to sit back. I'm going to sort of interview you um, in this this episode and and really try and listen a lot and, and learn from it. So start off with... Because obviously, as you heard last episode, we didn't get the opportunity to have Lauren's waters break. We didn't go past the due date. We were a week early because she had to be induced. Talk yeah. to us about what happens then. You get to your due date. It doesn't happen. Explain what that's like for, for anyone listening. Well, it, the due date was Tuesday, the 31st of May, 2018. I remember it like it was yesterday. It came and went without any signs of anything happening anytime soon it was very surreal as you know as for, for Danielle and for me first time parents we didn't know what was going to happen uh, but but to be honest Danny was enjoying her pregnancy so much um, although the fear of being induced was lingering and Danny has a fear of hospitals uh, that's why we went down the hypnobirthing route to kind of help her breathing process to overcome any issues that she may encounter with all that the plan was to be on the uh, MLU ward with a pool uh, have a water birth um, 
um, uh, and try and avoid being induced as much as possible. That was what we, we planned. We, we'd had, you know, we'd had tours around the MLU suite, which looked fantastic. It was like you mentioned in your episode. It was it was calm. There was a huge like like bath there. You know, you could have got a few people in the bath. It was like you know LED lighting. You could put fancy music on. Oh, and being shown around this room, it was like oh, this is this is where it's going to happen, and uh, it didn't go like that at all. So yeah, so so you get to thirty first of May in twenty eighteen. You were you so you weren't away then? You'd cancelled all your work, so you were at home, yep. sort of waiting with Danny almost. Waiting, absolutely. I think in my mind, you know, the baby was going to be born on on the thirty first of May, and I'd be back to work on the you know the first of June or whatever it was. But um, no, so I was just hanging around. But it was it was really special. It was nice. We we uh, I remember uh, on. On the second of June, Danny was uh, excited to lose her mucus plug. Oh my god! Yeah, really. Yeah. I didn't think you were going to go there so quickly. I'm so sorry, mate. Talk to me about what a mucus plug is, please. I don't really know, but um, <laughs> it happened. It's it's the first the first sign that things are progressing. It's like it's like it's like you know the baby's in the bath, the bath's full of water, and someone's pulled the plug out. Oh shit! Uh, it's happening now. That's kind of my my terminology there. They should rename it, though. Mucus plug is terrible. Um, statistic for you. I don't know why I said it like that. Statistic for you. Only 3 to 5% of babies are born on their due date. 3%? Yep. There you go. Well, I, I didn't know that. Again, had I known that, I would have been a bit more laid back. I would have, like, you know, opened the champagne on that night. It's not going to happen tonight, love. Yeah. No, I thought I was surprised because I remember when we, when we had the scan and she said, oh, Logan's due on the 9th of October. I said, "Oh, what's what's the likelihood of him being born on that day?" And she said, "Hardly anything." Wow. Yeah, it's about three to five percent. Anyway, so you're at home with with Danny. One day goes by, two days go by. Talk to us about the emotions you were going through, particularly. There were no signs at all. Um, everything was just uh, normal, and so then you know, quite a few days pass of, of normality. So on the Tuesday, uh, my sister-in-law Kaylee came to stay and. Uh, keep Danny company whilst I was working away for a couple of nights in Portsmouth and it was very weird being away uh, with Danny being so overdue at this stage so so at this point how far overdue was she so a week okay so a week um look and we obviously we didn't go through this because Lauren was induced before his due date um but, but it's a genuine question because I'd imagine there's some dads listening wondering how long you know, the doctors leave it before they, they have to induce someone. Is it is it two weeks? Is that what Danny was worried about? Well, no, not really, because during that period, the midwife appointments continue the same if you are overdue. Danny was offered a, a sweep at 41 weeks, which... Uh, oh, thought, it's such a bad word, isn't it? It really is bad. I mean, I don't know what Dale Winton can do to help, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you, you can refuse if you want. We refused. Um, but the thing is, then you have to be induced at 12 days at the latest as the placenta no longer produces the nutrients that you need to get your oxytocins flowing. OK, right. So there is a cutoff and it's 12 days. So if you go overdue by 12 days, then the, the doctors say, look, we're going to need to get the baby out. And, and, and you just mentioned a key word there. What, what was that word? Oxytocins. It's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a lovely word. And I remember learning about it at NCT. But do you want to just give a quick description of what it is? 
Well, I'll give you a fine example of the oxytocins. Is uh, so Kaylee um, made sure that Danny was relaxed and calm, and one of Danny's favourite pastimes that she used to do as a kid, and it takes her back, gives her happy memories, was watching Christmas films to relax. And so Kaylee and Danny watch Christmas films to get the oxytocins flowing, all pumping around the body, which bring on the labour um, effectively, productively, professionally. And marvellously. <laughs> so I, I think, I mean, we've got the idea to talk about oxytocin and, and what it is and how you can increase it in, in future episodes, because I, I don't really want to digress too much from your birthing story, because this is this is getting good now. So so Danny's at home. She's watching Christmas films, you know, Home Alone, The Grinch. Hopefully not It's a Wonderful Life, because that's a bit sad. But what happens next? I assume you get home from, from the gigs. Well, Kaylee left on the Wednesday night uh, quite late. Danny messaged me to say that the cats were going crazy. So I was, I'm on stage. I'm like, what did, what did, and my, her saying the cats are going crazy was quite worrying because we've got two of the most calmest cats, Arthur and Maguire. One's, one's a tabby, one's, one's a, a Maine Coon. But she said labour is imminent because of the cats' odd behaviour. And I got home at 2.30 on on the Thursday and again Arthur was at the bottom of the stairs just looking up and I I picked him up come on let's let's go to bed and he wouldn't he was like and he just it it claw me and it it go into the living room and it was really weird and I went upstairs and then um well I went to I went straight to sleep you know knackered after a long drive you know done two gigs on the bounce Danny went for a wee um but two hours later, four thirty, and a water's broke on the bedroom floor. Oh wow! I know. I'm so glad we got laminate flooring. <laughs> so we, we called the MLU um, then, and they asked us to go in and check Danny's waters. So, okay, so. Okay, this is it. We're ready. Um, we thought this is it. We're going to go there, and everything's going to be fabulous. And we get in the car, and she goes off, and she's fine. Okay, and she's calm, and and she's not. Uh, she's not got any contractions at this point, so she's not. You know, she's not in any pain particularly. Her surges had started, but uh, we got sent home. What? Uh, they said no. You're not remotely dilated. Go home. So we got sent home, hoping that the surges would start to become more regular and intense, and see if things would naturally uh, start to happen. Uh, so that was kind of a really like a letdown. It was, it was, I don't know. It was like, it was like Christmas day turning up at your, your parents' house on Christmas day and then saying, okay, you're not welcome here. Go home. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So you get home. What, what happens next then? We went back to bed um, and we both went to sleep and, you know, I was, I was loving Danny and consoling her and looking after her. And the next day was really nice and special. We were really, you know, we, we spent the day watching TV. Uh, Danny was bouncing and rocking on uh, one of these inflatable balls, which, again, is something I'd recommend. Um, that was a really good thing. Um, uh, she was sniffing a flannel, which I kept having to put clary sage oil on. Apparently that brings it on. Did you know that? Right. I, I didn't know that. I just heard the classic of beer, curry and sex. Those are the three that all the blokes know, isn't it? In that order. All at the same time, preferably. Um, but yeah, those are the three that all kind of men. Come on, love. Yep, yep, we've got to get this going. Get a beer open. 
and <laughs> let's uh, let's let's have a curry and do it. But yeah. no, I didn't know about the sage oil. But and you think? Do you think that actually helped? Well, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> and the smell was. No, I'm not a fan. We put it in like a like a, 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 a what's it oil sensor we've got, and the whole house stunk of it. And it was not that pleasant. Kept put it in on the flannel under, under her nose and. Um, I, I, hot water bottles on her back, which helped her immensely. I was doing the odd light touch uh, massages on her back, which was, uh, again, something I'd learned from hypnobirthing, which helped relax. It was kind of um, waving your arms uh, like out towards you, but like light strokes with your, your fingertips on the back. That's, that's a big thing that that's quite relaxing for a pregnant lady when she's imminent. So this is really weird. So again, I, I kind of... I don't know a lot about this and this is why we, I'm enjoying this and I was looking forward to it and that's why we're doing the interview thing because I don't know the details but in my head now so the waters break and then you just spend a day at home that's yeah. not how I that's not how anyone pictures it surely yeah I know I know we'd never thought that would be a thing um uh it didn't feel right it didn't feel normal it felt very strange uh Danny Sergis were then coming three in every 10 minutes. But having spoken to the MLU at six o'clock that evening, they said it was still a latent labor. We still had to stay home until the surges had moved around to her front as opposed to just her back and were coming regularly. Basically, Danny's contractions had cranked up by 10 o'clock that evening. And I'd had a free app on my phone, a contraction timer app. There are so many different kinds out there. Basically, it's like a metronome, and they, they keep you in the loop as where you should be regarding the contractions. And at a certain point, they were so frequent, an alert came up and said, okay, you should ring the hospital now, which is great. It's brilliant. So um, that's what we did. Um, off we went. So we're thinking, well, this is this is the one. Nearly 24 hours later, um, we accepted that this was going to be the one, and we get into the MLU ward where we'd had the tour and this midwife told Danny that she was not remotely dilated. Ah. And to go home and call at 7.30 the next morning to see if they had space for Danny to come in and be induced because there was, oh. it was extremely unlikely that anything was going to happen uh, due to it being her first birth. Right. Um, and I... <sighs> Okay. The, the the midwives before uh, the, the couple of times before were, were were really lovely and wonderful, and their approach and demeanor was was wonderful. Um, this particular worker, I don't know, it was like it was like she didn't want us there. It was like we were getting on her nerves, and it did right. it did it, it and it did make us both feel like we were getting on your nerves now. Like, you know, this is not the first time we've come up here. It's, it's not the first time we've rung. And no, no, nothing here. Go on. Uh, 7.30 tomorrow, you're going to ring up being juiced. It was literally as cold as that. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, you know, even just hearing it, I can just sort of sense the disappointment as you're reliving it. And I think that's frustrating from the NHS nurse because this is your first time and it might be your only time. And yes, she gets to do this every single day and maybe she's having a bit of a bad day, but... Still, come on, you know, I can just imagine the oxytocin. If we're seeing the oxytocin levels on a chart, her just going, right, just go home and phone yeah. at 7.30 tomorrow. The oxytocin has gone right down. You've got to start all that oxytocin building all again. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Get back on the ball. 
uh, on the ball. Clary Sage run out of that. Um, and, and and so and we've talked about this before, but your you know your role as a dad being there, it's really about supporting the mum and making sure she's okay um, oh. because she's the she's the star of the show. But how was Danny? at this point because now she you know your wife who you love dearly who's got a phobia of hospitals has been told it's likely you're going to be induced she was so disheartened as was i and and it, it the thought of oh it being induced which was her biggest fear uh and i'm not saying a fear like uh we all have fears you know we, we don't want it to, to the thunder when we go walking or is fear to walk in the dark it's a proper phobia if someone has mm. a phobia of something it's just the worst thing in the world um um but you know and it's I, easy to it's easy to trivialize that and I, I i have a colleague at work who's got a phobia of pigeons and i remember when i first heard about it i laughed and we take the mickey but actually when i when i now i've seen it in action it's very very serious um but yeah, that's that's just an added stress you don't need, and I, I don't think play it down because we're in coronavirus. I think you know having your first baby is a big, big, big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'm really feeling for her right now, thinking back on that. Yeah, I was, and I was so grateful that I was there for this. You know, had I had I been uh, working away now, I mean, I, I started feeling guilt as a, as a as as a parent uh, for for being away the, the previous two nights. Um, thinking, oh my God, if I wasn't here now, imagine getting the call now and Danny's had all this and experienced this and, and is now gone there for the second or third time mm. and being sent home, uh, being told she's got to be introduced in a few hours, uh, not being there. And, and I, I cannot imagine what it would be like for a mother to go through this alone. Um, but right now, so you guys are back at home and there's no laughing going on because you've got the the thought that imminently... The, the thing that you really didn't want to happen, that induction was going to happen tomorrow morning. So did you get any sleep that night? What was that night like? Oh, so now it starts, mate. Um, we went home. Um, we'd been home for 40 minutes and Danny uh, started to get the urge to have a poo. And she kept yep. saying, I need a poo. I need a big poo. With every surge, it was a poo. And this was at 11.50 in the evening. Um, like I say, we'd been home 40 minutes and, surely this wasn't it you know surely things hadn't progressed in such a short space of time the midwife had literally just said there's there's no chance for anything happening tonight it's far too slim danny just thought as did i this was just danny's body having its clear out and ready for the birth um um so instead of taking danny to bed upstairs i said we had a day bed in the dining room downstairs close to the front door i said well let's 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 just keep here for the night and you know we'll, we'll snuggle up and uh and she was really, uh, I, I, it wasn't herself. She was just in, and she was in uh, a, a lot of pain. And 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 she, I tried to get her comfy with mood lighting and some relaxing music. Um, we got some like LED lights. I made them blue and put some relaxing music uh, on in the background. Um, but Danny was adamant that I got some sleep ready for the big day ahead. And I said, no, I'm sleeping with you. And, and we set up and I'm cuddling. Now, bear in mind, I'd... I'd only had two hours sleep the previous mm. night and I'd driven back all the way from Portsmouth. Um, so I was, you know, totally out of it. I, I hadn't fully recharged. And I'm, I'm not in a million years am I having a sleep for you. It's just it's just not going to happen. Um, she's like, listen, we've been told tomorrow morning it's, it's fine. It's happening tomorrow morning. 7.30, we'll ring up tomorrow morning. Look, it's nearly midnight. Now you go upstairs to the bed and uh, I'll just chip, chip down here and I'll call you if I need you. And I was... 
And I'm like, no, no, it's not happening because I'm like, not in a million years. I'm going to stay with you or I'll keep on the floor. And she was so uncomfortable. She's like, listen, you, I need you to be strong tomorrow, darling. I need you to do it. Mean, it's not about me. You know, it's, this is about you, Danny. And, she's, and she was so adamant that I did this. So I said, okay. So I went uh, upstairs to bed. Um, so the breathing just wasn't cutting it for Dan. And she had a, a massive wobble, as she, as she said herself, especially as she'd started bleeding now. Right. Um, now, she, uh, she started shouting for me, but I was out of it. I was asleep, Jonathan. It's it's uh, that's the only thing I, I I feel bad about. I mean, only only because because she, she was like Adam, I'm going to breathe through the surge. Use the hypnobirthing. Remind myself that every with every stage of this surge, with the, the breathing, with the hypnobirthing, I'm, I'm one step closer to meeting my baby. You know, that's in her mind. That was it. that was how it was, and that was what was going on. Uh, and after half an hour of calling me, I finally heard her. Uh, and I came rushing in to find her on the f- all fours in the bathroom, pushing. And this was at 2.30 in the morning. Bearing in mind, I, I went to sleep uh, just after midnight. Uh, so for you know a good two and a half hours, she's going through hell on Friday the 8th of June. And there's a lot of blood on, on the floor. Oh, and, and Danny's, she was in the dark. She didn't have any lights on. So it was just like the, the dim light from... from from the the landing light that was kind of partly on and she just i i compare it to the exorcist it was like not 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 trying to be funny it was it was really scary her eyes were were bulging out of her head and um so i called i I called the mlu and i I said look i explain what happened you know we we come in two or three times and we were here a couple of hours ago we were told not remotely to come and ring up until um, you know, tomorrow, you know, in the morning, um, there's blood, and 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 they say, okay, we well, need to either call an ambulance or get straight to the labour ward. And, and when I when I saw blood, I and I I I thought, oh my god, well, I didn't know what the blood was. I didn't know well, this is normal. We hadn't planned for this. What what's going on here? And mm. I thought, am I losing my wife? Am I losing oh. the baby? You know, all, all sorts goes through your head. So uh, an ambulance would take too long. So we just got in the car and. Um, I'm, 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 this is pretty surreal now. You know, I'm trying to count her through the, the up breathing, uh, as it was called, the hypnobirthing that she was doing. Uh, it was only now she realized she needed to be down breathing at this stage. Um, but we were in utter disbelief that she'd been progressing so much as the, as the surges were still, you know, mostly in her back. So she persisted with the up breathing all the time. We got to the hospital at three o'clock and I... I had to get a ticket, a parking ticket. It was a it was a barrier jobby, so it wasn't like I could just park the car and then worry about yeah. a fine later. It was like fucking hell. So the the bar at three o'clock, and I got the ticket and um, get Danny out of the car, and it was like you could hear a pin drop. It was so quiet. We got to the labour ward, and it was closed. It was like the, the doors didn't open, the, the they didn't slide open. I had to press a buzzer. There was not a single person inside at the. At the Biggest hospital in in Kent, um, and it was so weird. And like Danny's hobbling, I'm, I'm holding her, and I buzz. Yeah, what is it? Uh, I'm, I'm, my wife's coming into labour. We, we uh, rang up a bit ago. Okay, I'll wait a minute. So I'm, I'm I'm just rolling my eyes. This is like 
we've really, you know, upset some people in life because none of our, <laughs> what we've planned, you know, I thought I'd be having a snooze in the jacuzzi now. I have my swimming trunks ready. <laughs> no. Um, now, in hindsight, we should have got a wheelchair um, at this point. But Danny, you know, she she was very stubborn and she she keeps saying when she tells the story and she went, no, I'm, I'm fine. I said, come and get a wheelchair. No, I'm fine. I'm fine. And hobbled her way out. And I'm, I'm trying to go through reception, um, which was closed, and going into the back wards of the, of the labor ward now. And there was no one in sight, not a single person. Nobody came to us. And, and I'm just hobbling up this corridor uh, when we, talk, we, we saw this midwife. And um, she said, oh, yeah, yeah, come come in here. So we just went in, in a room, just a small basic room. And, you know, compared to the room that we thought we were going to be in, it was it was so small. It was it there was there was there was a toilet next door that was adjoining to a, a, a room next door, uh, and you know, and I feel bad saying that, but in in our mind, we'd had such a plan of of perfection. Um, so Danny was set. Uh, we were told to buzz if we needed anyone. Danny went to the bathroom, still adamant. I need a poo. I need a poo. I need a poo. I need a poo. And and, and the midwife came in. Uh, and and remember saying to Danny, um, you know, you, you need to get out that loo, honey. Otherwise, the baby's going to be born in the toilet. And hearing the midwife say that was was that was when the realization that, hang on, is this is this it? Is this is this the birth? Is it is it happening? Has it happened? Um, uh, so then I was, you know, I remember. I was so confused that uh, I was trying to persuade this midwife that we've planned a water birth. And she said, honey, we ain't got time to fill the pool. Uh, she goes, where were you? Have you <laughs> on the set of I Dallas? You in, I was going to say, I thought you were in Kent, not, not Texas. <laughs> uh, we managed to get Danny onto the bed. Um, she was so amazed and delighted to hear that she was 10 centimeters dilated. And, and I couldn't believe I was still stressing. I, we really planned a water birth. That was all I was worried about. Um, and so then uh, Danny was in a lot of pain. And, you know, you have a vision. So she's lying on the bed. And the midwife was so lovely and calm and collected. And Danny was, was always adamant she didn't want any gas in there. Um, but the midwife said, oh, I have some of this. No, I don't, I'm, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. You know, she, her eyes are popping out her head and she's like, push, push, push all this business. And um, Danny took one puff of, uh, I've tried to persuade us. Come on, you can do this. She took one puff of the gas and air. And she just turned to the midwife from her previous psychotic, you know, eyes poking out her head, her head spinning. And she turns to me and she said, Oh, it's so nice to meet you. <laughs> to which I was like, what the fuck's happened to you, love? I mean, what's going on here? This stuff's amazing. <laughs> I want some. Please, can I have a pop? Um, I have, you know, you have a vision of, of push, push, okay, push harder. You hold, my, hold my hand, hold your husband's hand, okay? And like, the, like you said, you know, you had the nails embedded in, in your hand. Um, literally, it was just out she popped. And bearing in mind, I parked the car at three o'clock and I've still got the parking ticket. Ottilie was born eight minutes past three. What? Oh, yeah. my word. Wow. Wow. Eight minutes, okay. eight minutes after parking the car. 
getting out the car, get getting to the the ward that's closed, uh, getting the doors open, walking up the corridor on my own. Danny going into the toilet, uh, thinking she's going to have a poo. Uh, the the lovely midwife said no on the bed and just. Oh wow. let's sort of pause on that moment really describe because again going back to, to the episode that we did previously and and it was very different for me but can you can you picture all the little details so Otterly comes out what was it did you cry what was it how are you feeling mate uh i didn't have any emotion whatsoever uh i didn't cry um and i i, I didn't understand why i didn't cry uh because, like, you know, in all the movies, people cry. Everyone I'd spoken to that had a kid, they'd cried. Uh, you cried. Uh, I didn't cry. I didn't feel any emotion whatsoever. And I I, 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 I think, oh, well, I know I was in shock. Now I know I was in shock. Yeah. Utter shock. Uh, first time in my life feeling shock because uh, this is do you it. Think it's because, do you think it's because you didn't have the build-up? So, you know, any good drama... Has a, as you very well know, has a, a narrative which builds up, builds up, builds up. There's an obstacle, and then the hero tends to achieve the obstacle, or fail the obstacle, and that's where the sort of the the, the breaking point is. Um, you had no build up, so you, I had hours watching my wife go through this battle and pushing yeah. and yeah. stro, and then the baby comes out. You know, five hours later or whatever, we'd been in hospital for days, so I had all that build up to the emotion, and then it was just a big relief, and and the cry, the crying came. Yeah. You had none of that. So do none you think that. that was part of it? Yeah, absolutely. And I think also, you know, all this in the space of less than an hour, I'd woken up from a really deep sleep, having not slept in 48 hours, all the all the, all the stress of everything that happened previously with, with what had gone on, uh, to, 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 to hear my wife screaming. She'd been calling me for a long time. Um, there's blood everywhere. Uh, to be told, got rush to hospital now. And then get in there and then... I, you know, Danny having a poo, and I'm, I'm thinking, well, she does want a poo. I'm, not, I'm, I'm thinking, we're nowhere near the birth of our child yet. Mm. We're not remotely ready. And then it was literally there. She was. Um. So, so when did you? So you had no emotion at that point, but did that kind of? When did the shock subside for you? When did that disappear, and you suddenly realised you've got your beautiful daughter? Uh. My first time crying, shedding a tear, was days later in co-op. Right. I was there and I was with uh, with with Ottilie. Um, you know, it was one, we'd come to this the first time leaving the house, and uh, and people seeing the baby in the pram and getting so much attention, everyone poking their head in, complete strangers and complete strangers coming up to me and like me on the back patting Danny on the back um and just you know their eyes filling up and I'm like fuck you know oh my god this is this is our little girl and mm. I I just I remember saying oh, I'm crying in co-op I still I can't I cannot believe that the first time I break down is in fucking co-op <laughs> all the all the all the, the hell we'd been through um and it, yeah, I think it was just shock and trauma. It, yeah, it, you know, 
again, it's like why we wanted to do this podcast. Because had I known all of this, I would be more prepared. I, I wouldn't have freaked out. I wouldn't have uh, been as stressed as I would. I certainly would have been emotional when my daughter was born. We had immediate skin-to-skin contact. Um, again, these are things that we'd researched and we knew this was a normal thing to do. That was the only part of the birth plan that went to plan. And and we were home by uh, midday, less than nine hours later. Wow. And after all that trauma... Uh, how how we saw it, we were told that was the perfect birth. Brilliant, mate. We're going to um, next. Well, in, in next episode, um, we're going to talk about getting home and what those initial hours and and days are like. But thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I found that quite stressful in places. Actually, just listening to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, really appreciate you being open and honest. And and there's some questions that I might ask you in future episodes if that's all right um because i can't imagine one particular image that i can't get out of my head is what it must have been like for you to to find danny in the bathroom and the blood being everywhere because i've said this before not on on this podcast but i've said this to people before you and i don't deal with that sort of stuff no you're a comedian you get up on stage you have a script you know you're a very good improviser as well but generally it's very structured and you know where you're going and how long you're going to do I'm a marketing director. It's a planning thing. We plan, we budget. It tends to, you know, we work with agencies. The worst day in the office for me is that someone's stolen my sandwich out of the fridge. Mm-hmm. We're not trained or geared up to see that kind of thing. And I think it's easy to brush it under the carpet and go, oh, yeah. Now, hang on. You saw your wife on the floor of the bathroom covered in blood. That's pretty stressful. Do you think you're over that, or do you think do you still think about it occasionally? Have you spoken to anyone about that? It, the time the time does go. The, the, the worry that you know the first couple of years I, I would well it hasn't even been two years. So the first year I'd say uh, I would worry so much about that. You know, it would just pop, it would pop in my head now and again mm. the thought of going to sleep, even though I was adamant I shouldn't have. I didn't want to. It didn't feel right. Um, but my you know as a couple, you know, we were kind of guided by what we were. Uh, advised by the hospital um so in our minds not remotely close to to having a baby so but i tell you what i i have to say my my wife was magnificent and just she was wonder woman she really was i have so much admiration and, and time for women i would say i would say having seen a woman go through labor and birth if any men think that the, the male of the species is stronger than the female. Yeah. They need to go and watch a woman give birth. I mean, I came out of that going, okay, we are the by far the weaker sex. There's no way I would have, you know, you say about Danny not getting a wheelchair. I would have been uh, calling for a hospital bed and gas and air and oxygen and all that stuff. I'd have been so dramatic. Yeah. And, and women, you're so right. They're just so strong. And they go through this and... Um, and it's, it, oh, so much respect yeah they're saints they're saints and there was the, the funniest thing we should you know wrap up on this light-hearted note when when it was all going through hell and i found danny on the bathroom floor and she's covered in blood and like, okay run off to right we've got to go we've got to go this is it because uh, i said i was in complete darkness because our landing light was all linked with alexa so instantly i turn the landing light on okay so it's all voice activated in our house so I said, Alexa, landing light on. Her reply was, landing light was an Irish bred thoroughbred horse race. 
And I remember just leaning over the banister. Are you serious? <laughs> Fuck's sake, Alexa. <laughs> On my mother's life. You understand that is what she said. And she's never said that. It was like, I'm going to really piss you off tonight, you two. Before we finish, um, very quickly, I want to just rattle through our kind of labour and birth summary and our sort of top tips that we've learned. A couple each. Um, and then next week, we'll move on to kind of getting home and it becomes a bit more fun again because those two episodes are quite intense. Um, and and hopefully people don't think, oh, my God, this is what it's going to be a therapy session for, uh, for John and Lloyd. But um, starting with me, I want to bring up it's expectation versus reality. It's um, it's managing expectations. So the problem is, and I think it's very natural to do this, a lot of people um, kind of over promise and under deliver on their expectation. So you and I both had the water birth in our heads. It was going to be beautiful. It was going to have plinky plonky music and lovely lighting. And the baby was going to slide out and we're going to walk into yeah, you know, into the sunset. And you mentioned there, I want to bring back, you mentioned that skin to skin contact because NCT yeah. makes such a big thing about skin to skin. You must have skin to skin. You must have skin to skin as quickly as possible. Otherwise the baby's going to hate you for the rest of their life. Yep. I didn't get to have skin to skin because Logan got whisked off to neonatal to get put on a life support machine pretty quickly. Mm. So and Lauren didn't get to have skin to skin with him. And you could worry about, feeling guilty and going, I didn't have that skin to skin. And I think when things don't go to plan, that expectation versus reality, don't beat yourself up about it. It's kind of my top tip there. It's a good one, mate. There you go. What's what's your first one? First one for me is forget the travel bag. <laughs> we, we, we never even got it out of the car. So it's such, such a stressful time trying to pack it and what to put in it. I remember me and Danny having an argument in Superdrug about a uh, face mist. Uh, she's like, oh, I need this. I've seen it on forums. You need the, the face cooling mist to calm you down. And I'm like, really? That's another 10 quid? Really? You know, we, you know, we've got, we're running out of pennies here, honey. You know, no, we definitely need it. I'm like, really? I'm like, I'll call you down. I'll, I'll put a flannel in the taps, under the taps, or in the taps. Uh, I have to take my spanners if I do that. Um, <laughs> and we never even got it out of the car. It, it's still in the car, actually. It's in the loft. Uh, forget, <laughs> so forget. ditch the travel bag. Don't need, well, don't need to stress about what's in yeah, you, it. Really. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Um, Your next one? That's that's a good one. I think my next one, do you know what? This is a bit of a weird one, but if you're going to spend a lot of time in hospital, eat when you can. Yeah. Um, and they say an army marches on its stomach. And going back to my point, an army marches on its stomach and its sleep. And I would say, yeah, if you're going to be in hospital, just grab food when you can because you don't know when things are going to happen and stop you getting sleep or getting food. And you are going to need that fuel and that energy for the next few days i promise you mm -hmm. um it's it's so tiring and um you know we were in hospital for monday to friday and um you know you just have to grab food from the cafe you're gonna yes you're gonna spend a lot of money because it's expensive in there but just do what you need to do to keep yourself fueled if you can grab a nap grab a nap um that's my big <laughs> that's my big bit of advice no you one wants to be ha no one wants to be hangry when your baby arrives no way no way when you're talking of food uh after she was born and I changed the nappy, first person to change the nappy and done all that skin to skin and the lady uh, showed Danny how to breastfeed. Um, the, they said, would you like to eat? Are you hungry? She said, yes, please. Gave okay, this amazing menu. And then I said, oh, and we looked at the menu. I said, I'll have a fry up, please. <laughs> and she said, no, you're not allowed to eat. I'm afraid so. <laughs> was my first so you just took Danny's. All I've... All I've been through. 
and I'm not even allowed a sausage sandwich. <laughs> Um, and my final one, my final one is control the controllables. Men want to fix things. This is proven. If you read about, if you read about the way our brains are wired, um, you'll see it when when people ask for advice. So if, if a man comes home and um, and a woman starts talking to him about their day and they having a whinge at work, a man will naturally go, "Oh, look, I'll try and fix it. I'll give you advice." And that's not what a woman wants at all. The woman just wants you to listen. And that's why women are so good at talking to each other because they just listen. They don't try and offer advice. They don't try and fix things. So men are wired to take control and to try and fix things. You cannot control everything that's going on. No. You can't. You just can't. And you've got to give over to the experts in the hospital. Um, Unfortunately, I heard a dad having a big argument with a doctor because he thought he knew best. Mate, you don't know best. So control what you can control, and that's looking after your wife, making sure she's happy, mm-hmm. making sure you're not smothering her, checking in on her, making sure she's got food, making sure she's got drink. Um, that's the stuff you can control. Yeah. So you know that's that sort of man massively de-stresses it because you know you're not going to be able to read the charts um, that are coming out of the monitoring machine, regardless of how many you know how many seconds you've looked at it in NCT. Mm-hmm. You're not you haven't got seven years of medical experience, so just worry about getting your wife some water, making sure she's comfortable. All the things you described in this episode. That's my last little little snippet of of tips. Good advice, good advice. And I will say the one thing that I would say more important than anything else, as a dad. As a as a mum, you can do this. Whatever your experience, whatever your story, whatever routine or journey you're taken on, you can do this. But do some research. Research is the good thing because that's one thing I regret. Uh, apart from having the kip, <laughs> is is the main thing is doing some research. If I knew, that, look out for the big poo. The big poo. This is it. This is happening. Yeah. The, the, there you go. The big bit of advice from this podcast is look out for the big poo. Um, but look, hopefully, hopefully, you just you listening to this podcast is making you feel a bit more prepared. That's the kind of idea, and there will be episodes that are a lot more fun, and there'll be some very funny stories, and no more mention of poo. Uh, maybe a bit more mention of poo, but um, not too much. But um, look, Lloyd, thank you once again. Um, next week we're discussing getting home, but um, mate, once again, I really appreciate it because I know that men don't talk enough. We said this last time. And you've just articulated your experience brilliantly. And, and I love you for that. So thank you. Cheers, buddy. Thanks, uh, thanks for listening. Okay. So how can people get in touch? You can email us at pottytrainingpodcast at gmail.com. Or you can go directly to our brand new website, which is www.pottytrainingpodcast.com. Or we're on the socials, Twitter and Facebook at Training or Instagram, Podcast. Oh, beautiful. It almost sounds like that's pre-recorded, but it really isn't. He did that on the fly. That's how good this man is. If you want to hire him for parties, he is available. Um, But um, Lloyd, thank you so much. Have a great week, my friend, and I will speak to you next week um, and enjoy the uh, the further lockdown. Cheers, mate. Have a good one. Take it easy. Take it easy. Bye. Bye Bye-bye.